Well, hey, what's going on? Well, family, happy new year. Uh, I'm excited about 2021, y'all. Yeah, I do. Uh, hey, I'm ready for the Red Sea to open and to be up out of this plague, all right? And so uh, if you are a covenant member, by the way, you're actually going to be getting some communication this week from us uh, regarding a couple of things, specifically around regathering and other things of that nature. Lots of updates about the building opportunity and a few other little tidbits here and there. Okay, so be looking out in emails and uh, just different forms of communication. We want to keep you updated as the things that are going on at the well. We hitting the ground running as a church. All right, yeah. New Year's resolution in this month. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, hey, if you're not a member, okay, don't worry about it. You will get that information too. We just want to make sure we bring our covenant members up. To to speed and uh, get feedback from them before we really cement things and kind of run them as a church. Cool? Cool. 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 Okay. Uh, well, around this time of year, we realize that there are two types of people in the world. Okay. There are those that are done with Christmas, the uh, morning after Christmas, or some of them even the night of Christmas, right? And then there are those who celebrate Christmas to the last socially acceptable moment, uh, really trying to leave their lights up year round and just act like they're decorative lights instead of Christmas lights. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and so if you are in the former and you're already done with Christmas, I want you to say preach. No one in the room. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a tough sermon today. Okay? If you still have your Christmas tree up and you're trying to find every godly excuse to leave it up for another two weeks, say amen. 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 Okay, by the way, I'm trying to prep you to talk when we're back together and meeting in person. All right? I want you to talk during the sermon. So uh, similarly, there are two types of people, and they usually actually fall in the same category. Uh, those who are really into New Year's resolutions and really setting those at large, and some of y'all praying that that's not what the sermon is about today, okay? And so, uh, if you are one of the people that does 82 resolutions every single year, then this sermon is for you, okay? And if you are those who actually hate New Year's resolutions, then this sermon is also for you, okay? You say, how is both true at the same time? Because we serve a good God. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Uh, whatever your personality type, tree or not, resolutions or not, uh, I want something for us this year in Christ. And I want us to receive really the goodness of who he is. And I hope that he begins to spark that in us through his word today. So let's chop it up together. If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. And so you can turn there. Uh, and as you're turning, I want us to really realize how resolved Paul actually is in this section. Whether you're into setting goals or not, there's actually something to say about our pursuits and what it is that we're pursuing and how we're pursuing as the people of God. If you have set goals, I actually pray that some of them would actually be set towards finding relationship with the lover of your soul. You see, it's okay to focus on the body and our financial portfolios and the physical world around us because as Christians, we actually have a high regard for the physical, for God's creation, realizing that we are a part of God's creation and that we are to steward the things that God touches, which is the earth around us in our own bodies as well. Shoot, we believe in a bodily resurrection, the restoration of all things. And so the physical, it is indeed important. In fact, it's not separate from the spiritual the way a lot of us want to make it. What you do with your body actually impacts your spirit. And so it is important to care for the body. However, if all of your goals are only momentary, if all 
all of your goals and resolutions are only bodily, even if you don't set resolutions, but if the resolve of your heart is focused on the here and now only, then I think that we are missing the big picture of who we are, for we are not only physical, we are also spiritual in nature, and it is actually the spiritual that will exist eternally. Yeah. It is that which will live on forever. And so there's more than just what we can physically see in front of us. And by the way, if you're not a resolver, it's okay. You're not less spiritual, okay? <laughs> you just ain't going to get as much done in the show. Okay? <laughs> All right. However, I would challenge you, if you're not a resolver, uh, today to consider how you can use 2021 to be relentless in your pursuit mm-hmm. of Christ mm-hmm. or in things that are better than just what the world is around us. Because if 2020 has taught us anything, it is that this world is not a good place to set our hope. Right, Like the things around us is not a good place for us to really bank on the promises of them for they can fail quickly. Mm -hmm. We must, in order to maintain hope, in order to have faith that actually endures until the end, in order for love to flourish, we must set our hope, our affections, our hearts, our minds, our resolve on Christ and on who he is and focus our pursuits towards him. In fact, I feel like God has actually given me a word this year for us as a church family. And I feel like that word is the word vision, okay? Uh, this is a year of vision for us. Now listen, I, like them pastors who at the start of 2020 was like, I got a word for you, your life gonna be great, and then 2020 sucked. That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> all right? But I do feel like God wants to give us vision, both corporately as a church family, as a united family together. I think that God wants to give us vision as a church. In fact, I think that he wants to show us what he wants to do in and through our church this year and in the years to come. And I think he wants us to begin to accomplish the vision that he's already given to us and to begin to fulfill what he has set for the well as a church family. I think that there are big things in store for us as a church body and what he's called us to do as we all collectively commit ourselves to something that is bigger than ourselves. I think that there's movement that's going to happen uh, for our church this year. I also believe that God actually wants to give vision to those of us individually as well as we live our, our own personal lives and to begin to insert vision in the midst of it. And maybe that's vision for what the next steps are in your life, or maybe it's vision for the next season, or maybe even a bigger vision, like what your career goals are supposed to be, or even what your calling from God is. I really think that God wants to speak to us. Because here's the reality. A lot of us suffered a lot last year and suffering is often the precursor for God's voice. And because there was so much suffering, I believe that God wants to speak. Your heart is probably better ready to hear from him now than it ever has been. And so we should be seeking his voice that we may know what he's called us to do, walk in that calling and find intimacy with Christ in the process. Maybe it is vision for your marriage or your upcoming marriage. Maybe it's vision for for your kids. Maybe it's a literal vision from God. Like he wants to show you something about the future. I know that several, even on our own staff team, has actually been praying that very thing, that God would give them vision for their calling or for their ministries. And they've been praying and fasting. And God has revealed personally to some of them literal visions from God. Like wake up in the middle of the night, a vision of what God wants them to do. And there's other people who uh, they have really gotten direct 
direction for next steps in their ministries that they lead or in their lives, I really believe that God wants to speak to several of us personally. And so I think that there is vision for the church corporately and vision for us as individuals as we walk out in what God is calling us into. However, in order for us to have vision that extends past our financial portfolio or our college major or something momentary, in order for us to have vision that is eternal, we have to have our eyes set in the right place to begin with. Mm -hmm. For if we have our lives set on just what this world has to offer, we are going to fall far short of what God has actually called and created us to do. And we're actually not going to be walking with him in the process. In fact, we will conjure up a vision for our own lives as if we exist in the future and know what the future holds and will not find vision from the Lord and therefore will not be walking in the calling that he has for us. But if we seek him and if we see him and if he becomes our heart's treasure and focus, then we can begin to walk in the vision that God has for us and the calling. And more importantly, we have intimacy with him in the process. And the thing that matters most, Christ, he is the one that we actually get to behold and love as we are walking with him and serving him all throughout that, really as he reorients our hearts towards his. And so before we blaze ahead into vision, I want us to really refocus on the right thing, which is Christ. In fact, even over the next couple of weeks, beginning next week, we're going to be going through the book of Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah, my prayer is that we would actually see vision corporately as a church and individually as Christians. But I want our hearts to have the right motivation first. Mm -hmm. And so before we blaze ahead and really run forward, I want to reorient our hearts towards Christ as we begin this new year together. So with that, let us open our our divine love letter together. Uh, We're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to have my good friend Bryn read that for us. Hi, Well family. My name is Brenna. I'm a part of the Far East CG, and I'm a covenant member here at The Well. Today we're going to be reading Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, friend. Uh, So much richness there. Make a brother want to get slain in the spirit. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm going to give my point up front to you today in case you got places to go and people to see. All right. Uh, As you think about your goals for this year and even your vision in life is knowing Christ, is loving Christ, is relationship with Christ, is intimacy with Christ, what your heart truly desires Is that the desire and the affection and the longing of your soul? Do you long for your affections to be wrapped around him and who he is? Do you long to work with Christ and actually serve with Christ and be co-laborers, partners in his story of redemption in this world? Do you long to change things around you on behalf of Christ, to be his ambassador on this earth? Is Christ your life? Is Christ your treasure? Is Christ your all? Is he your all? 
Is he everything that your heart longs for? I mean, look at this passage in its entirety and see Paul's really desperation to know Christ here. Look at the pronouns and the nouns there and how focused on Christ Paul is and how he wants to know him and to understand him and to walk in the goodness of Christ and to know the knowledge of the Lord. And really, before moving into what God wants us to do, I want you to see that God wants you, family, Before we run ahead and serve him, I want us to see that he has actually served us first. Before we even try to walk in the calling that he has for us, I want us to see that we have actually been called into relationship with him, not just to be used by him, but to actually know him personally. This is good news for God did not redeem us that he might use us in specific ways because God doesn't actually need to use us. He can do whatever he wants by himself. He's actually a allowed us to partner with him, but he redeemed us that we might have relationship with him. He doesn't need us to accomplish anything for him. He actually redeemed us because he loves us and because he wants us, family of God. Now, let's not get it twisted. He doesn't need our love, but mystery of mysteries, he welcomes it. Like, like, do you realize that? Do you believe that? Does that do more than just hit your ears? But does that begin to enter into your soul that the God of the universe loves you and welcomes your love towards him? That he wants relationship with you, that you can know God. Wow. Like, like, think about that. Don't just let that be words. You can know God. God, right? The God of the universe, the all-powerful one, the one that is so holy that angels hide their faces that they may not look at him. You can know this God. You can behold him, family of God. You can know God. And Paul longs for that. Do you believe this? Do you desire this? Do you at least desire to desire this, right? (laughs) That your hearts would at least be transformed a little bit to be like this. Do you realize that he desires you? That he actually wants you in relationship with him and he invites you into intimacy again and again and again. And Christ is integral. He is necessary for every part of our relationship with God. In fact, we see it really laid out here by Paul. Look at verse 9, how Christ is our justification, which means he makes us right before God. We are made right with God, not through our works, not because we're spiritual or because we go to church. We have been brought into relationship with God, look at that word there, because of faith, faith in Christ. And we are made righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. Praise God. Once again, do more than just your ears hear what's being said there. You do not have to attain some measure of righteousness to be in relationship with God. Christ has already attained it for you. You can be in intimacy with the God of the universe because Christ has spilled his blood and brought us into the family. You can be made right with God because of the righteousness of Christ on you. This is good, good news. The gospel, the person and work of Jesus, it gives us right standing with God. Mm -hmm. However, the gospel doesn't just make us right with God and then leave us there. But look at verse 10. The gospel then begins to sanctify us or make us more like Christ. 
You see, we were created in the image and the likeness of God, which means the more like him we become, the more we imitate him, the more we are operating in the ways which we were created to operate in, the more we act like God because we are made in his image, the more alive we actually become. We become fully human. The more like Christ we are, the more we experience the love, joy, peace, and all other things that we desire in our hearts that comes as we imitate imitate Christ because he is those things, as we just talked about this last Christmas season. And when we become like him in all things, even when we share in his suffering, Paul says, ultimately we become like him more and more until we are brought into the eternal kingdom, looking so much like Christ that when God looks at us, he actually sees his son in us and we are fully alive for the image and likeness is fully restored on that day. And you see that there in verse 11. Shoot, you ready to break out in song right now? We can stop the sermon, right? Like this is good news. This is the gospel message. And so he is our justification, our sanctification. In verse 11, uh, 11, he is our glorification as well. When we resurrect from the dead, it is because of Christ. Christ is active in every single part of your salvation story, family. In this story of salvation, Christ is integral in each of it. So are you walking with him today? Do you have relationship with this God who is necessary for every moment of your salvific journey? Do you know what he's doing in your life even? Are you partnered with him as he's trying to transform you into the image of his son? You see, Paul is obsessed with Christ really, as we see in this passage. He realizes that Christ changes everything in his life. You see, Paul was once successful, right? Like he was living the good life in every way. He was successful in business. He was successful in his relationships. He was drinking that good wine, right? (laughs) But he realized how empty that was compared to knowing Christ. In fact, look at verse eight again. Paul calls everything else rubbish compared to not just the worth, but the surpassing worth of knowing Christ is. Yeah. And so check y'all, like, like Christ is not like 1.4 million compared to the earth's like 1.2 million. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not what's happening here. Like Jesus isn't better. Jesus is significantly better, infinitely better, incalculably better, right? Everything else is rubbish compared to knowing Christ is what Paul says. When I copy and pasted Philippians 3 into Microsoft Word, it looked at the word rubbish and it was like, do you mean trash or garbage? Like, no cap, that's literally what it says. And I'm like, yeah, that is what it means, right? Like, Paul says having intimacy, having a relationship, an affection, a desire, a heart knowledge for Christ, it's not just like getting a $10,000 raise, right? It's not like your life was cool and then you add a little bit more in the midst of it. It is mansions compared to rubbish, y'all. It is Lambos compared to trash heaps, right? It is diamonds compared to quarter-sized chipped pieces of cement, okay? It is Hot Dotty compared to McDonald's, amen? You feel me? Because some of y'all be on that Mickey D's, and I'm trying to help y'all this all right? We live in Austin. I'm trying to shepherd you uh, spiritually and physically. Hallelujah. Look, Jesus is better, family. That's what Paul is saying here. So much better. And so listen, as you enter into this new year, are you realizing this more and more? Do you see the realities of this? Are you longing to see his face? Are you longing to have his heart? Are you wanting to be used by him? Like, Like, don't just listen. Ask yourself that. Are you wanting to know him? 
Like ask your soul right now as best as you can as you're listening, do you really want to know God? Do you actually want to be used by him? Do you actually want more than what is right in front of you in this life? Because eternity is offered to every single one of us, both in the knowledge of God and in being used by God. And he wants to bring us into it. But do you want that family? Do you want Jesus? Is Jesus your everything to live for more than just making some money, buying a house, having a family, and then piecing up out of here? There's more to life than just that, y'all. There's eternity in front of us, and we can know God intimately and be used by God deeply, and he wants to use every single one of us, you. He wants to use you. Doesn't matter what happened in your past. He wants to use you even right now. And we see this clearly as our eyes are focused on Christ. The more we see Christ, the more we realize that there is nothing else that compares, not even remotely close, y'all. There is nothing worth comparing knowing Christ. Now, okay, as I read this, if you're anything like me, as I was prepping this week, I was like, dag, I'm a bum then, <laughs> right? Like, like, because I don't feel like this a majority of the time. Like, I can preach like this, but then it's like, do I really believe that? And when I check inventory in my heart, I don't always believe that. I have a hard time walking in this, and I want to feel like this. But, like, this dude got them superpowers, right? Like, Paul hit on December 21st, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I ain't on his level, okay? That was a black joke, kitchen, kitchen, okay? But don't fret, okay? Paul is not a superhuman, okay? But he is super zealous. And that's the importance for us to realize we can achieve that, what Paul has achieved there. So let's finish our text, Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to have my sister Cortland read that for us. Hey you guys, Happy New Year. I'm Cortland Biogen and I'm a covenant member here at The Well. I'm a part of the Salaf community group and one of our missions liaisons. Today I'm going to be reading from Philippians 3, 12 through 21. Not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, and their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. And thank you, sister. So look, Paul is like, look, I don't want you to get the wrong impression, right? Like, like I haven't made it. I'm not no superhero. I'm not perfect, is what Paul is saying here. By no means do I fully think this, believe this, live this, or act like this 100% of the time. But doggone, I want to. That's what Paul is saying here, right? Christ has made me his, so why would I want anything less And if you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, do not let the beauty or the power or the phenomenon of that sentence to go past you that Christ has made you his own. Christ has made you his. Christ has made you 
Christ, right, has made you his own, his. He has welcomed you into his family and has made you a part of himself even, family. Paul says, in light of this then, what do I do? The fact that Christ has made me his own, well, I don't think about how I failed yesterday is really what Paul highlights here. And I don't even think about the old glories either. I'm not like, you know, I used to have them dope quiet times and now it's like, meh. Right? Like, that's not what Paul's doing here. He says, look, I press forward. Look at the word there, the language here. Straining, he says. That's an actual made-up word. Paul combined a bunch of words together that was like stretching and reaching and diving and straining. Then he says, I press on toward the goal of the upward prize that is in Christ. I mean, there's fighting language here, right? There's victory language here. There's language of desperation in what Paul is saying here because he says, I want to know Jesus, and I want to know him in this way. And here's what I know, family of God. Here's what I know about us as believers at large is that Satan wants to do everything in his pathetic power to try to place our eyes on yesterday and on your failings there, right? And wants us to focus on that. How you said you were going to read the Bible in 2020, and then you ended 2020 in the book of Ruth, right? It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe you didn't pursue Christ in the way that he's actually worthy of being pursued. Is he not gracious? Are his mercies not new every morning? Is God not the ever loving, the steadfast covenantal God towards you and towards I? Does he not want relationship with us more than we want relationship with him? God is more powerful than our sin family of God. He bled and died to make you his own with his blood. And so he wants you to know him. Why would he cast away that which he has worked so hard to achieve in us? He would not cast us away as he laid down his life for us. And so you can begin new again today, family. This new year is a great time to re-engage in our pursuit of Christ. And Christ is there ready to reveal himself to you. He wants this relationship with you. He wants to show you how he has actually been pursuing you the whole time. You were just focused on other things. And so as you lay down your life and as you serve him and as you see him, he invites you into this relationship. I really believe that too many of us are not walking in the call of God for our life because we allow the truths of Satan to override the truths of God. And we allow the little half truths that Satan gives that's mixed with all this lie to be more powerful than the word of God or the truth of God that's spoken over our life. And God wants you to walk in relationship with him, family of God. And even as Satan tries to condemn you and make you think that you're unvaluable, Christ wants to give you value. Or Satan might try to inflate you and make you think you're invaluable. Like we need you. We don't need you, right? The gospel is actually the beautiful middle ground that does not over inflate us and make us think that we're something that we're not only God is on this level but it also does not deflate us and make us think that we're less than we are we were created in the image of God the gospel actually allows us to see ourselves rightly and to not think about old glories or old failures but press on to make much of our King Jesus this is good news family 
yeah. and we get to walk in the reality of this. I mean, think about even Paul's life here, right? Like, Paul did not disqualify himself because of his past. I mean, dude was often Christians, right? Killing them is what that means, okay? <laughs> and now he's sitting here discipling them, right? Like, and so you think the fact that you didn't read your Bible this last week somehow disqualifies you? When Paul is able to plant all of these churches as Christ brings redemption into his life, our failure to fully pursue does not disqualify us because his mercies are new. Every morning his mercies are new. In fact, you talking like that to yourself is anti-gospel talk because the gospel renews us day by day. Jesus bled and died that you might be a new creation and he makes you new over and over again. He also bled that you might have power to overcome the sin that is in your life and walk in the freedom and the victory that he has over you. And so Paul, he did not disqualify himself, but he also didn't inflate himself, right? And some of us have that tendency to think we're dope when in reality, we're nothing apart from Christ, okay? You see, he was a beast Pharisee beforehand. In fact, when Paul came to faith, he probably knew the scriptures better than most Christians who have been walking with the Lord for decades. Like Paul was a beast, but this was a man who actually considered himself the chief of all sinners. He calls himself in 1 Timothy, the worst of them all, the one that is in the most desperation and need of Christ. And this neediness for Christ, it doesn't crush him, but it does make him dependent. Mm -hmm. And that's what you see here in Philippians 3, a dependent man, a man needing and longing and yearning to have more of Jesus. His passion for Christ that you see in Philippians 3, it doesn't inflate him, right? He's not like lording this over the Philippian church, but it does give him confidence to proclaim that they should live in those examples as well. And so it allows him to fulfill his calling. Listen, family of God, the gospel is more powerful than your past, okay? It is more powerful than your poor upbringing or than the sin of yesterday. Like, yes, that sin, that poor upbringing, it may have consequences. It may be hurting your walk with Christ. It may be impacting you, but it is not chaining you, family of God. Christ has broken those chains that we might walk in the newness of the gospel. Christ's blood, death, and resurrection is more powerful than your old, dead, crucified sin. Believe that. Preach that truth to yourself, family of God, that you may walk in the calling that God has for you. Paul says, I look ahead and I focus my eyes on Jesus and I chase after him as best as humanly possible. You do the same thing. You live this example as well. Listen, the gospel has purchased you to become a child, to be able to know God and then be used by God. Do you believe that? Do you receive that, family? Are you walking in the realities of that? This is the Paul's goal. And so what is his then New Year's resolution in light of all of that, right? Is to know Christ, is to press on, but then it's also to be used by God. And so as he knows Christ, he realizes that then he's able to be used by Christ to make much of Christ. Verse 17 says he wants to set an example. So he lives out the walking of the gospel day by day. He is planting churches. We see that. He is helping them see how to live their lives as he himself is an example. He disciples up believers. He raises up other leaders. We see that all throughout Paul's epistles. Paul had this vision, and this vision was stabilized and formalized because he focused his eyes on Jesus. 
And this is the reality that Paul is walking in. Paul says in verse 19, he's not setting his mind on earthly things, but on grander things, right? On things that were beyond earth, on things that actually materialize in heaven. And he wants us to do the same thing. And I want us to do the same thing, to treasure Christ, to not have our bellies, this earth as the main goal. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of us set our goals is on this earth. I want us to resolve towards having eternal impact family of God and here's the deal y'all once again like I think that God wants to use this church corporately and I think he wants to use us individually to do powerful things on behalf of Christ to be his ambassadors in fact I see it unfolding in our own church context as we have all these residencies that are opening up for people who maybe desire full-time ministry or this partnership with DTS that will give us education about how to pursue God I see it in our CG shepherds as all throughout this past year, they have been sacrificing and stepping into more and more leadership and loving our church and laying down their lives and building up disciples and caring for believers, literally making eternal impacts. I hope you know, those of you who are serving, that this is not momentary. What you are doing will last into eternity and God will look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And there are rewards waiting for heaven in you for your sacrifice today. And I see it as people are walking in the calling that God has for them in this season in their life. I even see it as people who are running their businesses, but with Christ on their mind, as they're trying to bring honor uh, of Christ into their fields. And as they're literally walking in their calling, making influences that go way beyond the bottom line dollar, as they're trying to bless the world around them. I see it in moms and dads that are raising up their kids, realizing that they're not just teaching them how to behave. They're making disciples that will impact the world and laying down their life on behalf of them. That is gospel work, y'all. And all of us have a calling that God wants us to walk in. And I think that God is moving. And I think he wants to show us what that calling is until he transforms these lowly bodies into his heavenly one. In other words, for as long as we are on earth, there's a call that he has in our life. And he wants us to walk in that. You know, last year as a church, we carried a torch around Campbell Middle School or <laughs> elementary school before we left. Almost burnt that mug down, right? And so we felt like God was calling us to be a torch, a, a light in the city for this year. And God did that, y'all, yeah, even through amen. COVID. Yeah. Like many people gave their life to Christ, yeah. having never even met us in person yet. I can't wait to meet you yeah. and to hug you and to say, man, welcome into the yeah. family of God, yeah. right? And we saw it even as we were examples for many other churches in the city, really blessing them in many different ways throughout this year. Praise God for that. And I think that this year, God wants to give us vision for the calling that he has in our church family and in our personal families, that he wants to use you as a part of the process, but it takes us setting our eyes on him, y'all, and it takes us longing after him. Tony Merida, he's a pastor in North Carolina, he says this, he says, be careful that you don't adopt a passive attitude about the Christian life. Growth in Christ-likeness isn't an impassive stroll, right? So we need to actually work if we're going to actually look like Christ. Mm -hmm. This isn't a passive participation. It's an active participation Mm -hmm. as we press on and look towards Jesus. 
C.S. Lewis, who was an author of old and a great theologian, he says, uh, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. Mm. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think about the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Yeesh! Give us some holy hands. <laughs> yes, no, <I'm> sorry. <clears throat> like, you can know God, okay? Have vision for your life. Walk in your calling. Have intimacy. Be used. God wants to use you as you cherish and treasure him. And this is actually most clearly true as we look to Jesus himself. Yeah. In fact, go back to verses 7 through 11 and think about the reality of this here. Christ is our example and our fulfillment of every single thing we talked about this morning. You see, Paul in verse 8 there says that he was willing to suffer the loss of all things in order that he might gain Christ. But Christ actually did suffer the loss of all things in order that he might gain us. And this is the beautiful truth of the gospel. Paul was willing to give up all rewards in order to gain and to know Christ. But Christ actually did this, though, family. He actually did give it all up that he might gain us. You see, Jesus gave up all heavenly riches and wealth and honor to receive us, his earthly possession, that we might give up our earthly possessions to receive him, our heavenly possession. Going to heaven isn't what the reward is. Christ is what the reward is. And where he is, that is where we find life, family. Christ became sin that we might not be clothed in his righteousness. He died and resurrected that we might not die, but experience life everlasting. Jesus is so good and he wants you to know him and he wants to use you and he wants you to know that he knows you and he loves you. And as he knows us and loves us and invites us in and as we focus on our eyes on Jesus and press forward. Man, God wants intimacy with us and then to use us. This is the call all throughout scripture, family. It's really, really simple, actually. We get to know God and then help others know God. We get to know God and then be used by God. I mean, we get to have purpose in our life, this life and life eternal as we find intimacy with Christ. And so that's my hope for us as a family, as we seek God for vision, as we cherish Christ, as we learn to be used, I pray that our desire would forever be about Jesus, y'all. I pray that he would be our desire. And if he hasn't been, maybe that's your prayer even this week. That you want and long for him to actually be your heart. And if you felt it waning, that's okay, family. Forget about the past and look forward to what is ahead, straining to know Christ that much more. Don't allow Satan to lie to you to say that the past you is actually going to be what the future you becomes. No, no, no. Jesus makes all things new. His mercy is new as you are watching this. Drink that mercy richly and deeply and walk in the newness that Christ has for us. Amen? Hey, let us be, let us be, let us be cherishers of Christ forever. Amen? Amen. Hey, let it be. I love you guys. Let's pray. Um, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for Philippians 3. Uh, And thank you for the scriptures and thank you for your love for us, God. God, would you give us vision? Would you begin to even prepare our hearts to hear what you would have us walk in, why you created us, why you have us on this earth? Would we be able to receive that and walk in that, Jesus? God, maybe it's vision for just this next week even. Maybe the vision feels like it's small, like the vision is just, hey, read your Bible more this year. And maybe that's you preparing us for the greater vision. 
God, maybe some of us, you want to give our literal life calling to. I pray that we would have vision individually, that we would have vision corporately as a church, that we wouldn't just exist, but that we would be doing things that impact the kingdom of God. But I pray in the midst of all of that, that we would cherish you most importantly, that you would be our treasure, that you would be our heart, really that you would be our vision, Christ that we would see you and love you and long for you. God, I pray for those who do not know you. I pray that they would realize that even right now, there is an ability to have relationship with the God of the universe. That they would long for you. That they would give up their old life and their momentary pursuits and chase eternal ones. Chase you, the eternal one. And God, for those of us who have called you King and Lord, would you guide us, Father? Yeah. Would you guide us? Would you use us? Would you let us walk with you? I really do pray that 2021, whether it is a hard year or a victorious year or whatever the year might hold for us, I pray that it wouldn't really matter because ultimately our eyes are fixed not on this earth, but on you. Would you be our vision? Would you be what we care about? Would you be our desires? And then would you use us for your kingdom? I want to be used, God, right now. Pour us out. Let us build up. Let us make much of you, Christ. Praise in your very beautiful and your blessed and your awesome and your powerful, majestic, and your loving and sacrificial name, Christ. Amen.